Welcome to the Child Free Wealth Podcast, hosted by Bree and Dr. J, Certified Financial Planner. Here we discuss life and finances as it relates to being child free. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your advisor before implementing any ideas heard on this podcast. So the question is always, what are you going to, who are you going to rely on when you're older to take care of you? Can you tell us a bit about that? I, I hate this question. So, you know, you get like people like all the time. Well, if you don't have kids, who's going to take care of you? And the reason I hate this question is that implies that they're counting on somebody to take care of them, meaning their kids. You know, it's, it's funny. The, uh, the, the, they call it the sandwich generation. People take care of their kids and take care of their parents at the same time. We're the open-faced sandwich. We're taking care of our parents. So that question implies, hey, I'm counting on my kids to take care of you, which, by the way, the data does not back up. Uh, and that we have to figure it out. So let me give you some numbers to kind of just put this in place. The U.S. Census did a study looking at adults over 55, and they found that in childless adults, 2.5% got any support from their family financially. So that's like nothing. So that question's valid. They also found in the same group, they looked at parents, 55 and older, 1.5% got any support from their family. Parents got less support than us without kids. What do you think of that? It's not surprising, honestly. Why? I think because when you have kids, everybody expects the kids to take care of the parent. And, you know, if you're a really, like you're a child-free person and you've got like nieces or nephews or different things like that, they tend to be sometimes kind of want to be like, oh, let me help you. And kind of just more willing to help because there's, a feeling of they're not going to get help otherwise. Well, I mean, the bottom line is it doesn't matter who you are. You're not getting help. <laughs> like, seriously. And I, and, and I had somebody, I was working on a podcast and they uh, said, well, help means more than just finances. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? I worked as a paramedic for years. And if you look at people in nursing homes and see how often their families have visited them, it's sad. It's just that that's it. It's sad. There's no, no nothing around it. So, Okay, fine. Let's ignore the question and just say, my answer to it is my money is going to take care of me. I'm going to pay somebody to take care of me. And they go, well, but, but that's, you know, transactional. Yeah. Well, what do you think it is with the kids taking care of you? They want the you know, inheritance. No, um, we probably shouldn't say that one. But the bottom line is you have to have a plan. So here's two parts. To it. The first part is you have to have paperwork that says, what do you want done? So this is your wills, living wills, power of attorneys. We'll do a whole separate episode on that. But the bottom line is you need to tell the state and healthcare who's making decisions for you. You know, So they'll talk about it as the next of kin makes the decisions, which if you're child free, not so much. So you need to have it in writing what your wishes are. And the question is, at what age? And the answer is now. So Bree, do you have your paperwork in place? Will, living will, power of attorney? It's all ready. I just need to go sign it. Then we'll check back with you in a week and make sure it gets done. Yeah. But we'll set it, uh, you're setting a good example, Bree. You're 25, getting the paperwork done. That matters. So you want to make sure you have the paperwork done. You got to find somebody you trust to do it. If you don't have somebody you trust, you can actually pay a professional trustee or somebody to do the medical decisions for you. It gets a little bit, a little bit harder to find depending on the state. 
And I had somebody the other day, I was talking about it, and she's a what's called a solo ager. Solo agers are people who don't have kids and are aging on their own. They're single. Uh, I also heard it called a soloist. Ooh, I like that term, you know, I'm a soloist. But so she's a soloist and she goes, well, but I'm, I've seen too many movies. I can't trust somebody financially to make decisions for me. She's right. The statistics, though, say your friends are more likely to take your money than someone that's a fiduciary and required by law to do it. So uh, who's making the decisions for you, Brie? It is my wife is the first one, then my mom's the second one. We can have a separate discussion. Your mom's older than you are, so that may not work for as long as possible. But you're, now, you're young enough. That'll work. For now, it, for now, it does. And I know, like, when the time comes, I'll have to change things. But for now. Yeah, the, the bottom line is you need to name somebody. Mm-hmm. And you need to keep a copy of that paperwork on you, uh, electronically at least. You also want to make sure the medical uh, paperwork is filed on your medical record so that you have that. Keep in mind, it can be a little hard for people to find that paperwork if you don't have it there. So the people that are making decisions, you'd have a copy. The one that's a nightmare, and just think about this for your parents, is, oh, I have a will, but it's in the safe deposit box. Well, after you die, I can't get access to your safe deposit box to get the will so it says I can have access. Like yeah. states have a, a easier way to do that, but like literally they have to drill out the safe and go to court and do all that. It's a nightmare. So make sure they all have the paperwork. Um, did, did you give a copy of the paperwork to everybody, Brie? Or you haven't signed it yet, but you're going to. Yeah. Everybody's getting a copy. I told my mom and she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so she knows. And then it's a good opportunity to have a discussion with your mom and say, oh yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me have a copy of yours. Uh, yep. so when it comes to actually planning for long-term care, when I went out and did research for my book on this, quite a few people, I asked the question, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And a, and a surprising number said they were looking at the opt-out. And the opt-out, for lack of a better way to say it, is euthanasia. You know, this is the, hey, I'm going to Oregon or Switzerland to the suicide pods when it's my time. If that's the way you believe, that's okay. That works. By the way, U.S. laws are an issue, but let's get past the legalese. If that's your long-term care plan, the hard part is, if you have any type of mental issue, you know, cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, getting you out of the country to Switzerland is nearly impossible. I worked with this with one of my colleagues because uh, he had a client who had Alzheimer's history in her family very heavily. And her rule was, if I ever can't you know, do my daily functions, I would like to go to Switzerland. And the problem is, once you get into like the healthcare system, for somebody to sign you out against medical advice and take you to another country, yeah, there's no legal way to do that. Uh, so you have to be aware of that. Also, if you are going to go on the opt-out path, it's really hard to change your mind. <laughs> like it's just kind of like the reality check is you get to 80 and you're like, oh, you know what? I don't like this option. I wish I saved for long-term care. No. Also, once it's done, it's done. So you need to have a... a you, you need to know 100% that's the path you're on. I mean, Bree, what do you think about the opt-out option? I have heard about this before, and it always makes me really sad. And I know it's obviously not my place to say for other people what they choose to do. Um, but it just, in my like inner core, it makes me very sad and just kind of Makes my rest of my day sad too, honestly. 
Great. I've already made Bree sad. By the way, for anyone listening, this is not a, che- a cheery topic we're talking about today, okay? Like, what you're doing when you're old and who's taking care of you is something you have to do, not something you're like, I want to talk about that today. Um, you know, I've had this I've had this conversation with some people and they're like, yeah, you just depressed me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. The facts are the facts. Um, I, th- I think we can have a separate political debate on, on the opt-out and all that. I'm not making any judgment on that. I'm just saying if it's your financial plan, you need to be 100% on it. And you need to make the decision way before you can't make it. The problem is, you know, what happens if you have a stroke in your mid-50s and now you can't make decisions? That's where it gets iffy. So the other option is long-term care. And and by the way, the reason they hopped out is so popular is because in the U.S., we do a terrible job of caring for our elderly. Yeah, they they talk about Medicaid homes and, and nursing facilities. And I worked as a medic. You would know these facilities because when you walk through them, your feet stick to the ground because they're that disgusting. Uh, by the way, that's usually urine that you're, you know, sticking to. The, it, it like smells. It's disgusting. Um, there are some good Medicaid facilities, but very, very rare because the government's paying them pennies on the dollar versus what the care costs. So relying on Medicaid is an option if you're not going to have any money. And just some generic numbers. If you have about a half million dollars net worth, which remember, net worth is everything you own minus everything you owe. If you have less than a half million dollars net worth, you're probably going to end up in Medicaid because you don't have enough money to care for yourself. If you have more than $3 million, you'll have enough money just to pay for our pocket. So somewhere in the middle is where long-term care insurance comes in, and we'll we'll come back to that. But you have to choose, am I going to pay for myself or am I going to rely on Medicaid? Now, people go, well, I'll hide my money from Medicaid. Yeah, that doesn't really work. There's a five-year look back, and people talk about the boomers passing on money to the next generation. The answer is no, they're going to spend it on their own long-term care. Uh, or healthcare. I mean, you're talking about huge numbers. So, you know, let me give you an idea. So in the U.S. right now, 2023, 2022 numbers is the national average for a skilled nurse facilities, $108,000 a year. $108,000 on a year. I can live on a cruise ship year round for less than that. Yeah. And that's not an exaggeration. I actually can. And that's, that's a lot of money to be spending each year to take care of yourself when you don't have a job anymore. Yep. And it's an average. So, and, and it ranges. So, give you an idea of range. Uh, the lowest for a private room, Missouri is about just shy of $6,000 a month. The highest is actually Alaska at $31,000 a month. Wow. That is high. That is crazy. Yeah. All right. Now, by the way, there's different levels, you know, in-home and and assisted living, skilled nursing. There's levels. We're talking about a huge amount of money, and that's in today's dollars. Now, on average, nursing home care is running at about 5% inflation. Now, this this year we had a bit more inflation, but I did Bree's number. So let's say Bree decides to go into nursing home at 80, which is kind of like, that's kind of in 80s is what happens. It will be $1.5 million per year for Brie. Thanks. <laughs> that's, a lot. that's a big number. And women on average will do 3.7 years in long-term care. Mm-hmm. Men do 2.2. 2. 
Um, interestingly enough, we have no data on trans or any, you know, any other genders. We only have men and women. I apologize. That's all we have data for. But 3.7 years times 1.5 million. And Bree's like, that's all my money. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, so what do you recommend for people my age then? When should we start thinking about long-term care insurance? Because right now I do not have the money to cover that. So I, I in general, there's only one um, place that will quote you in your 30s. You know, when you hit 30, can't get a quote before that. So okay. that's one of those things to, to think about. My general rule is I want to have a solution for long-term care in your middle 40s. Mm-hmm. The, the numbers tend to work well. Because what happens is, reality check is, if you pay for long-term care in your 20s, you're paying for too many years, knowing you're not going to use it. Okay. In your 40s is where we want to be doing this. But I got people that are child-free that in their 30s and freaking out about it. And I'm like, fine, we'll just get an insurance policy so you stop freaking out about it. Yeah. Sounds like That'll me. be you. Yeah. Huh? That's me. All right. We'll wait till we're 30, but we will uh, get you a policy at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and these are all rough numbers, and I just I want you to have a solution for long term care. Your solution in your thirties or twenties can be I'm going to put something in place in my forties. That you know I have a plan, I have a structure, but that means you hit forty five and you haven't done it. Get your butt in gear. Um, and if you're in the fifties or sixties, you got to get something done immediately because you never know when you're going to need it. The problem is people go, well, I'll put money aside for long term care. That is an option. But we need to do the map on it because it depends on when you go into long-term care and for how long. Yeah. And so like my wife and I, we have a seven-year split in age. She's younger than me by seven years. And statistically, women outlast men. So she's probably, and I hope she's not listening because she doesn't like talking about this one. She probably got about 10 years without me. That's just the math. Mm-hmm. So if I spend all my money on long-term care, and we do everything together, but let's just call it my money for this moment. If I spend all my money on long-term care, she's got nothing after I'm gone. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> Bree's over there freaking out. Okay, so everybody's not watching the video and not seeing Bree. Like, like she's over there like hiding because this, this, like, this topic sucks. Is that fair, Bree? Yeah, and I was the one who picked this too to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Bree's fault. All right. So let's talk about some solutions. Um, Some states, Washington being the lead, are starting to offer state long-term care insurance. By the way, everybody, all the other states, like so Pennsylvania, New York, California, and a couple other, I think it's Wisconsin, watch your states. They're, They're trying to model something off of Washington. What Washington did was they said, all right, we're going to tax your income 0.58% for life. You have to do 10 years minimum, and then we will give you a long-term care benefit. The long-term care benefit in Washington is $100 a day for one year. The average cost is more like $250 a day for 3.7 years. There's a math problem. Yep. And you're paying, you know, half a percent, a little more than that of your income for life. So what Washington did was they said, hey, if you have your own policy, you can opt out of this. It actually made the math quite different. And 
what happened was so many people tried to get long-term care insurance that the, the, the insurance producers are like, yep, no, I've run out. I can't take anybody more. We just got to stop taking applications. So if your state is working on this, you may need to get a quote for a policy like immediately. New York was working on it for a while and, and we're here in mid 2023. And if they, you know, since then they might have done it. But there was their rule was going to be that you have to have the insurance in place a year before the law and it starts. And I'm like, how am I supposed to plan a year ahead of a potential law? Like, I don't know. But the reason they're doing that is it helps Medicaid. So they're, they're just trying to do it because it helps the state. They're taking that money to pay for Medicaid, not really to pay for your long-term care. Do not think that a state long-term care program is paying for you. Just, that's it. Now, if you have what's called, what I consider like an old long-term care policy. And by the way, same goes for your parents. So you see these old programs. I've seen them like for CalPERS, for the state. I've seen them through John Hancock, Genworth, a few others where they're old policies chances are you probably have better coverage than you can buy now. So here's kind of one of those like take-home homework things. Ask your parents if they have a long-term care policy. If they do, that policy gets paid before they pay the electricity bill. And I'm not exaggerating at all because if they miss it by 30 days, oops, and that policy, they will cancel. So if you have one of those old policies, like hold on to that for dear life and make sure you don't lose it. New policies. Uh, new policies, the ones I use, um, and, and we're going to include a link in here. It actually has where you can get a quote. I do not sell any insurance. I'm an advice only financial planner. If I recommend things, it's just because I think it fits you. The policies I like are standalone long-term care policies. Now you'll see some people selling hybrid, which is life insurance and long-term care. We have a separate episode that talks about life insurance, but chances are if you're child-free, you don't need the life insurance. So you're buying something you don't need. So there's two uh, major carriers that I use for that. Long-term care policies, you can get quotes and work it through. You need to know a couple things. One, average daily benefit. So the way these policies work is you say, oh, I need $250 of care coverage. $250, by the way, is just kind of a good place to start. If you're in an expensive state, need a bit more, cheaper state, a little less. And they will cover either in-home, assisted living, or skilled nursing. Because I don't know about you, but I'd rather stay in my house. And is that what you would want, Bray? Yeah, I prefer to stay in my house. I have my, if and when the time comes to build a house, I have it like in my mind of how I want it to be so I can continue to age in place. It, by the way, it's also why in the U.S., single level houses are appreciating more than double level houses because as people age, they don't want stairs. Yep. So it'll cover in-home, assisted living, or skilled nursing. Those are, that's great. Uh, you'll also see on top of that 250 a day, I'll say like, what compound interest rider you want? I usually use 3%. Now, by the way, 3% is less than what it's actually growing at 5%. But the 5% rate is so expensive that I can't afford it for most people. So 3% compound interest. The If you're in a couple, you get a lower rate than being single because they assume the couple will take care of each other for a while, which is a Decent assumption. And you may be able to actually share years together. So like, you know, me and my wife, we can have a policy where we each have three years, but we can share the years to make it work out. That works. The highest rate, I apologize, is for single women. Because 3.7 years and you don't have somebody to take care of you. It just isn't. 
And by the way, single women are the ones that really should have an insurance policy. So like that's rough. Um, in the, in the link we have, we actually have some sample policies and rates at, you know, 40, 50, uh, different ages. You can, those are just samples. Those are not real. Yeah. They, they, we pull policies, but they're not for you personally. So you go out and get this policy, you apply for it. Now, Bree, let me ask you some questions because let's, let's do your policy. Do either of your parents have dementia or Alzheimer's? Okay. If one of them has dementia or Alzheimer's, your rate's going up probably 50%-ish. If both of them do, you cannot get quoted. They won't even give you a quote. And what happens then when you can't get a quote or even get long-term care insurance? You're screwed. <laughs> now, you might yeah. be able to do one of those life insurance slash uh, long-term care hybrids, but even those are going to be hard. Um, your parents' health has more of an impact on long-term care prices than your own. Unless you like have like a cancer diagnosis or like you are like in need of care. And if you are in need of care, you just can't get a quote either. Yeah. The reality check for insurance is if you need the insurance, you cannot get it. Yeah. Because they don't want you to, have pay. to Yeah. You have to pay for it before you need it. Yeah. Um, so that, by the way, that's part of the reason why I say the mid 40s is that's when your parents are still healthy enough. What happens is as soon as they get that checkbox for dementia or Alzheimer's. That's it. Game over. Your rates just went up or you can't get it at all. You know, I've had some people come to me. So like my family, um, my father's side, my grandfather and his brother and sister all had Alzheimer's. They worry. Rule in my house is if I can't tie my own shoes, you take me out back and shoe me. Now, my wife doesn't like that rule, but that's okay. But that's also why I wear slip-on shoes rather than with laces because, you know, just in case. You think I'm joking, okay? I wear some unfashionable shoes. Now... Well, I've seen your pictures on Instagram where your shoes. Don't worry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Call me out. Anyway, man, I can't even get the right shoes now. <laughs> so what happens is you have to have an answer well before you need it. For insurance policies, there's actually a policy that I like that offers something called 10 pay or single pay. And you can actually... Just pay for 10 years and then never have to pay again or pay it once and be done. Those are nice. The problem is they're expensive. Yeah. Like, stupidly expensive. Let, let me give you some numbers. So uh, let me see here. So for a single female, four-year benefit period, $250 a day. Uh, yeah, $240 a day. Sorry. 3%. It was, it's about five thousand, four to $5,000 a year at age 40. When you get to age 50, it's five to $6,000 a year. So it goes up each year. So we've become a huge chunk of money. And what happens is the older you get, the less likely you're going to be approved. So you're playing a game. But that same policy for a 30-year-old is just about $5,000 a year too. So you're paying for 10 more years and you're not really saving money. That's why that mid-40s is about. Now, interestingly enough, I'll give you an example. So women, four-year period, 40 years old is 5,000. Single male, three-year period, 40 is 2,500. Talk about a huge difference in price. Yeah, that is a big difference. And the couple saves about 1,000 bucks if they're together. 
uh, per year. Now, by the way, those rates can go up uh, if they get approval from the states, which they've had that. Uh, if you have options through work to get long-term care, you might have a better price. The Fed has a long-term care program for employees there. It's on a, uh, they're not taking any applications for the next year and a half or two years, something like that. When it comes back, hopefully the rates are where they've been, so they'll save you a bit of money. But you, you're going to have to put up some money. Now, if, you, if you're not going to, you know, did, did I overwhelm you with that insurance stuff? You freaking out, you have free? Yeah, I'm thinking, man, already can't come soon enough so I can get that insurance in place. Um, I will tell you, and in the article, I actually go through my my numbers and my wife's numbers. We decided not to have insurance. We decided to pay for it out of our retirement funds. So we've set aside money and it's scheduled and we say, okay, this is just for that. It grows to that. That's where it is. It probably would be cheaper for me to do long-term care insurance, but the, the the gamble you're taking there is whether or not you need it. If you don't need it, you paid for insurance that you don't need. Now, I'd rather have insurance or money set aside than end up in a Medicaid home. So you want to figure out an answer. It's not that one answer is perfect. It's each person needs their own answer. And it's part of if you're going to embrace the die with zero approach where you you know, you don't want to have a whole bunch of money to pass on, which is standard child-free folks. The way we protect yourself is by having some plan for long-term care. You know, we already talked about Bree's numbers. $1.5 million a year when she needs to go in it. Um, and it's one of those you, you have to have an answer for. This is also, you know, there, there's some of the topics we talk about here that I'm like, you can do it alone. This is one of those you want a professional. So, uh, you know, I'm a certified financial planner, also a child-free wealth specialist. Child-free wealth, the company as a whole, deals with this a lot. A lot of my colleagues that are CFPs don't do a lot of work with long-term care because people don't want to talk about it. With the child-free and childless population, I mean, 95% of the people I talk to, long-term care comes up as a question. So it's just one of those we deal with regularly. And it's going to depend on your financial situation. Yeah, I can take a look and go, okay, cool. You're not going to be able to afford it. You can't afford insurance. Or you can pay for it yourself, start doing the math and working it through. The other part of it is it just gets rid of the fear. You know, so there's a lot of fear and unknown around who's going to take care of me when I'm older, how am I doing this, all that. It can be overwhelming. The answer is you ask a professional and you work on a plan and it can disappear. Bree can freak out now, but I'm like, hey, when you get older, we'll worry about it. Where, you know, I get people in their 40s. I had somebody the other day reach out to me in their 50s. Like, I'm too late. I'm like, no. We can still do it as long as your parents are healthy and you're healthy. We can figure out a plan, but it's overwhelming. What do you think, Bray? Yeah, I think that definitely is overwhelming. And especially if you see different things with your parents and it can be worrisome if you don't have it in place. Yep. And let me give a little spin on this for your parents. So we have a separate episode on elder planning, but... You need a plan for your long-term care for your parents. It may be cheaper for you to buy a long-term care insurance policy on them than to pay for it. Uh, you know, you want to think about how are they going to pay for it, whatever. I've also had people where, you know, my parents have a long-term care policy. You just pay the policy yourself. That way they never stop paying it. Because like if they're in the hospital, then they stop paying it. Then they need long-term care. They're screwed. Yeah. So you may actually want to, with their permission, of course, you know, take something out for your parents. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. 
So, Bree, you pick this topic. What questions do you have? Are there any? I mean, I know we you know, got a little depressing quick, like, but. Yeah. Yeah, Jay's going to have me, Dr. Jay's going to have me upset for the rest of the day now. I was <laughs> not trying to make you upset. I'm just trying to, this is a reality check. Yeah. It's a good reality check. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't consider until all of a sudden, oh, crap, we got to do something. Yep. And if anyone ever asks you who's going to take care of when you're older, the answer is my money will. And I have mm-hmm. a plan. It's a perfect answer. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating or review. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Follow Child Free Wealth on social media or email us at podcast at childfreewealth.com. If you're interested in working together, learn more by visiting our website, www.childfreewealth.com. We'll see you next time.